Island, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, no genders, welcome to Driving You Homo, the radio show podcast where we just waffle absolute queer nonsense, yay! Woo! And I'm joined in the studio, Sam Lake can't make it in this week, sad face, ma. but I am joined in the studio by ex-Muslim activist Sarah Kay, hey! Hi! Thanks for having me. Thanks for being had. Thank you for being (laughs) here. Thank you for all of the beautiful things. Uh, So, Zara, let's just jump straight in the deep end. Uh, Can you remember, because um, I am a, I'm going to say an interesting human. Um, I have a variety of life choices that I've made, and they're all a shambles. Um, But can you remember how we met and uh, the journey you've come to be on this beautiful station? Yeah, so I I do remember our encounter was Mm. on a Facebook post. And we got into a little debate, not against each other. We were on the same side, which surprisingly doesn't always I'm usually a very... I don't mean to be an aggressive person on social media, but it somehow comes out. And I don't know why it comes out, but I just... Over the last, I think, three or so years, I've become very... Not social justice warrior-y, but like that kind of like... That kind of vibe. So it was in uh, the Aussies in London Facebook group, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, yeah no, I mean, you know, the the reality is that people, people behind the screen come off harsher than they do in person. This is true. Except for me, it's the same either way. I'm exactly the same. Like, it's on social media, online and stuff. And I've been caught up in some dramas this week as well, which I'm probably going to talk about on the show. But um, I will... I will be consistent on 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 social media, but then off social media. Like I will, if I'm going to be angry at you, or if I'm going to pop up at you for for whatever reason on social media, I will do it to your face as well. Yeah. Like I am, yeah. I'm not that person. So I mean, I am. I'm pretty much the same as well. So when people meet me in person, they're like, "But you're five foot and tiny," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah bring it, bring <laughs> it. I will, I will go you." Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. I love when people like the preconceived notion of like, oh, you're a, a small um, female uh, person of color. Like clearly, oh, you have to be like quiet and unassuming. And it's like, yeah. um, no, watch me go. Yeah, no, especially because you're right. A person of color and coming from a Muslim background, you should be woman-like. You should be conservative. You yeah. should be quiet. You shouldn't talk. You're not allowed to speak loudly. So you said... Muslim community and we've talked about well we've mentioned that you're a Muslim activist can we jump all the way straight into that because um, I don't identify as Muslim but I did celebrate Ramadan last year so I have I've got some Muslim mates and I I I see their passion and love for the culture um, and the religion and I would love to hear your side of the story in terms of like you so you were raised in Yeah, so so I'm an ex-Muslim activist, so I'm not a Muslim. Um, So I was born and raised in a Muslim family. Right. And then I left the religion, which by law, Sharia law means that I should be killed for it. Camp, I love it. I mean, obviously we don't love it, but like that kind of stuff. Exactly, It's, it's, it's ridiculous that in this day and age, it still is... A reality for yeah. many, um, surprisingly, even in the West. So you you actively go, you know what? This is the faith that I was raised with. I've read a little bit more about this faith. I've read more other faiths. Or maybe I've decided to go on a sort of, what is it, atheist or agnostic yeah. journey. Um, but still within Sharia law, it says, no, you can't bail. And if you do bail, 
your yeah. dental us technically yeah properly yeah yeah, yeah. no technically that is the sharia law oh, that's camp i love it that it is practiced in 13 muslim majority countries mm. where we have so many underground ex-muslims mm-hmm. who cannot come out to their families who cannot come out in public because yeah well i yeah. just talking about that i um as a side gig i am a uh, English teacher online, I teach uh, people English because apparently I've got skills in that respect. And uh, I've got a student that I speak to very regularly who comes from a uh, Muslim-speaking country, sorry, an Arabic-speaking country that is predominantly a Muslim-dominated country that has the rule that if you are LGBTQI+, you will be um, executed. Uh, executed because of because of who you are and who your identity is and so when i first started talking to this person i i knew pretty well straight off the bat like like when you meet me you're like oh yeah wayne's a big old queer like it's like the first thing you see so with this person i i had an inkling that he was queer but i didn't want to i didn't want to ask him because it wasn't the context and it wasn't the right situation and i needed to let him figure it out or I, I wanted out as well. yeah well like but like he and i wanted him to be comfortable to be able to share that story with me because i didn't want to be like oh so you're gay and then him go like oh no don't kill me like i didn't like because i don't know that country and i don't know that yeah. country is like i know that there's drama there yeah. and um it's just really interesting to see um and talk to him regularly and just go and so i say to him if ever you feel uncomfortable or if ever you feel unsafe please message me and yeah. I will I will send you money and you will get a plane ticket and we will no, get you let, to, let, we'll let get you out of there know, let us know as well because yeah. we, we have like I, I have a charity mm. but we have other charities as well like we all work together yeah. with Race Fund and find a safe space yeah. and if we know people in the country that we trust yeah. then we kind of connect that's the whole movement the ex-Muslim movement mm. is like based on creating a community outside all that injustice and a support for them 100 percent. and so one of the things that uh i it's a, it's an interesting thing because like it's one of those situations where it's obviously you you want to make them safe and protected and you want to get them out of harm's way and that kind of all that kind of stuff but then i guess the uh not flip side but like another situation would be if, and this is why maybe why I do driving you homo is so like yes it's 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 catered towards queer people but also because it's on a mainstream radio station um, we're able to talk to Uber drivers who have never seen a gay person before and then they'll go oh Wayne sounds cool like he's not a terrible gay um, but um, it's one of those situations where it's like should we be pulling these queer people out of these muslim dominated countries to protect them or should we try and help change the policies within those countries to help them it has to be both right it really depends the immediate situation would Mm. be let's get you safe on the larger context yeah like our long-term plan has to be education it Mm -hmm. has to be done outside religion yeah because as we know it Organ- yeah, organized religion, nonsense. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all all of it. Yeah, you know, Christianity, yeah. Judaism, um, Islam, uh, Buddhism. I think, and Buddhism. to a to a small extent, has it as so well. Buddhism and Hinduism yeah. are quite open philosophies. I, yeah. I'm an anti-theist, so yeah. I don't advocate for any deity because okay. I feel like we're human beings. 
who are intellectual, we do not need a reliance on a deity, but that's yeah. another topic. But like in general, I feel like Abrahamic religion, so mm-hmm. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam the, the three, are quite yeah. harsh. And, you know, Islam well, they, I think they started... From my understanding, I think they all started from a similar oh, time yeah, no, frame, a similar area, yeah. and like they just sort of shot off in different yeah. directions. But they all started from that sort of one area, and yeah. you know the nonsense ensued. But like I, all that kind of stuff just messes in my head. Um, Sliding away from the queer stuff, but still staying in the Muslim field because this is something I have been super passionate about but didn't realize you know when you're like passionate about something like the situation that we had on facebook where you're just like wait a second how is this a situation because uh what happened was we were on the aussies in london facebook group and the reason we met is because there was an egyptian man who was asking a generic question about uh, renting a flat in london and he was met with verbal abuse and he was met with uh, Australians that were sort of taking the mick out of him, like making fun of him, but because he's from a uh, non-English speaking country or his uh, language, his first language is not English, the context of the jokes that were being thrown at him, he wouldn't have understood them. So I was like, come on guys, like I get the joke. I'm sure many people will get the joke, but this guy won't because he's, from, he's a non-native English speaker and it's clear by the way that he's writing his messages um and then all and then a slew of other people were like oh but he's not from australia get him out and it's like oh god so i um have started unconsciously getting what's the word passionate i guess about different things that i didn't five years ago wayne would not have been like i would have been like you know what i don't care that's like this Egyptian man's getting like abuse, whatever. Like I'm busy over here doing my own yeah, thing. Like, like you just don't care. yeah. Whereas now, for some reason, I'm like, and people are like, oh, stop being a social justice warrior. And I'm like, actually, how about you shut up and like listen yeah. to what I'm saying for like a hot minute. I, I think if you, I, I mean, I do have some problems with social justice warrior when you. Oh yeah, hundred percent. A, you know, when you don't have a centralized position and you try repressing other cultures from like other people from expressing their opinion i'm all about okay free speech great but then Mm -hmm. when it turns into hate speech and when you're abusive i mean come on like you're not being sensible but that raised a larger question like what makes somebody an australian what makes somebody aussie yeah and so that that that, oh that was that was that was the thing that sort of like kicked me off the most is like so for me being in a straight okay first of all the facebook group aussies in london is a facebook group and it should be open to whoever wants to join it regardless of where they live and who they identify as because it's for me it's a a facebook group that uh, talks about aussie culture but then also talks about living in london that's more or less what it is. Most of the posts are nonsense and most of the posts are about like subletting a room for like a month. Like most of it or like getting off your tits wasted in uh, infernos or church or something. Like it's just the nonsense posts like that. And that's fine and that's what it is. And I, I join it because, you know, I, I, I enjoy some of that content. But there are going to be people from all over the world that might connect to that. That's fine. And so... Uh, my thing with mo- the people that were like, oh, but he doesn't, he's not even Australian. It's like, it's like stop the boat situation. It's like, oh, so we're treating this Facebook group as like a border and only a straight, like Brexit, like 
they can't come in. It's like, oh, it's just like let... tribalism. But even then, like, if he had asked inappropriate questions, then you're like, oh, that would be different. Go like, okay, look, yeah, no, tone it down, yeah. It's like, look, you're in a group that has no relativity to what you are. Exactly. But because it was a legit question, I feel like, hang on. I'm an immigrant too. Yeah. Like I was born in Tanzania. I lived in Cap. Malaysia, and then I Cap. moved to Australia. Got my citizenship. Came to London. I'm an Aussie. Cap. I'm a Tanzanian. I won't call. <laughs> You've got all it. I won't call myself Malaysian, but that was home to me. Yeah. So at the same time, I can still relate to a lot of Malaysians when mm-hmm. they're here, and I'm like, oh, look, oh, I, lived I get in this yeah. area. So like, we have some shared experience. Yeah. So I'm like, then what makes an Aussie like? If, would it be appropriate for somebody who was Caucasian and still had a bit of an English issue? Like, mm-hmm. is it a race thing? Is it a culture thing? Yeah. It is an is it an English thing? A lot of people assume people are stupid mm-hmm. because they don't have English as their first language or aren't fluent. Yeah. But hey, that person can speak another language that Gag. you cannot. I know. So that you could that do math <laughs> in another language and science. Yeah. Like you cannot. Yeah. I so I, that's the kind of stuff that messes with my head so much is like most Australian born people who uh have family heritage that is not uh I I want to say maybe their parents or grandparents if their parents or grandparents are Australian and only speak English then they're only going to learn English but if their parents are from say Vietnam or Cambodia or Germany or wherever maybe they'll learn that language because of their parents but for the most part most australians just speak english and moving to the uk moving to europe moving to anywhere in asia you learn that most people outside of australia speak at least two languages yeah the world's bigger than you surprise and, and to be fair i learned english as a second language yeah. that was but, but it was my first language because my parents spoke to me in english mm. but I have noticed the Australian and the U, the way you the English people learn English is so different to the way we did, mm-hmm. and we actually have better written English Cap. than many Australians. I've oh, so don't even get me started. I, I, don't I even. Have, I was in university, and yeah. my teammate had so many errors in yeah. like in essay. I'm like, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna it. help you. I'm gonna help like, you. I'm out. gonna write this. And I'm like, it's no offense to you. Yeah. I know I have an accent, but like, <laughs> but also, but, but like, like, let I've me. I've also studied English the right way. Yeah. That has taught, like, that has put, like, it was like writing essays and letters. So I've been, I've been teaching. Um, so again, I've been teaching English online, and one of my students is actually an English teacher in a non-English speaking country. Yeah. And I said, thank you so much for paying for English lessons from a native English speaker. I'm not saying. Um, I'm perfect at English, but what I'm saying is that I can help you teach. Like, they already got pretty good English, but, yeah. like, I was like, I can... It's pronunciation as well. Exactly. I just... It, that kind of stuff just, like, whew, I'm so excited. But um, I want to ask the question, and I've been talking, again, to a... Uh, so there's a, a, a lady that I speak to in uh, Saudi Arabia who is Muslim, and she wears a hijab, um, a, a head covering, and uh, I asked her... Uh, what do, does she choose to do that and what would happen if she didn't wear it and her response was yes of course I choose to wear it. it's my choice it's t- for my religious belief and I um, want to do it because of for me and, I, and then I asked the question what would happen if you took it off outside of the home 
And she said, oh, it would never happen. I would never do that. And it's... Is that a choice then? And, that's, and, that was, and that was sort of the question that I, as a sort of sociologist, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, in the UK, it's more... If you are, like, I see plenty of girls who wear the hijab or don't wear the hijab. They're Muslim still. Uh, some of them wear the hijab, some of them don't. They, they make that choice. But in Muslim-dominated countries like Saudi... Um, you don't really have that choice because it's so ingrained in the culture and that if this woman, uh, who's very th- forward-thinking and like is a very passionate person, um, if she took off her hijab, she would be vilified. She would be destroyed because that's yeah. not the cultural norm. So and it's really interesting. Let that, me give you some shocking news. That please. happens in the West as well. You would be killed if you removed your hijab. Yeah. You would be killed in the West, in the UK, in Australia. Yeah. I support girls who have to do this. I walk them through how they would talk to mm. their parents. And if they can't, they run away. That happens in the West as well. Now, in Saudi Arabia and yeah. Iran, Saudi Arabia is still a little more relaxed on hijabs. Yeah. Where it loose. Or like take it off for a bit. Or yeah. In some places. In Iran, you absolutely cannot. Yeah. But that um, kind of stuff just like, it messes with my head. It's like... The because this like this woman I speak to her quite regularly and she's a very passionate person she's very forward thinking and she's really lovely, um, but like it's such a indoctrinated thing like Absolutely. all these sort of but, organized but religions. Does that, does that make it a choice? And even that, even if she lived overseas and yeah. her parents were like cool, but then you're brought up with the idea that if you don't wear a headscarf, mm-hmm. you're naked yeah. or you're gonna go to hell by and each strand of your hair mm-hmm. you're gonna be hung by that in hellfire. So is that really a choice? Are you really giving your child, your five-year-old girl, a yeah. choice? I didn't know you couldn't wear a headscarf yeah. and be a Muslim um, until the age of 16, until I moved right. to Malaysia. And I'm like, you're oh, a Muslim wait. and you don't wear a headscarf? Yeah. I was never raised with that because while I lived in Tanzania, mm. my family was Muslim, not very strict, but quite conservative. Yeah. But everybody around me had always won, like, all the women it was had just always a thing. won headscarves. Yeah. It's just it's it's such an interesting like from an outsider's perspective looking in and that's why like when my friend was um celebrating Ramadan last year and she was like, Oh, do you wanna like do you wanna fast with me and you can come to our Eid festival, our Eid party, you can come to that as well. I said, Yeah, well I'm not super religious, but like I would love to like you know, Hajj. I would like to take a second to like um what's the word, to reflect on my journey and my life as a person and stuff like that. So that kind of stuff. I guess for me, when it comes to religion, I pick and choose. I like I find things that I like from all religions. So I don't like I don't like the like the killing people for n- not re- like praying to the god or to um, you know. I think Christianity does the same thing as like no false prophets or whatever it is. Um, that's kind of stuff is nonsense. But like taking some of the good things and going like, oh, give back to your neighbor or like, you know, caring and nurturing Absolutely. stuff. Like you've that kind of stuff. You've, you're also, like, oh. you've also had the choice to do it. So if you're in one yeah. religion and you grow up like that, it was, it's actually, there's a lot of unlearning that I still have to do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unlearning that we do together with other girls, other, yeah. other, like other men as well. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes even if those men have left Islam, yeah. they don't necessarily leave behind the misogynistic values. Yeah. So they would still consider white women who wear miniskirts to be okay, a piece of me. Yeah. But if it's another ex-Muslim woman as well, and yeah. I've got this from ex-Muslim men as well. Um, yep, yeah, they've left the religion. Okay, cool. You think they'd be okay with seeing 
you know, hair. Yeah. But then but they're they still, still like they would yeah. still be like very um apprehensive about it mm-hmm. or like treating them uh in a decent way as many men who have grown up around seeing women's hair and hands yeah. would have done. So there is a lot of unlearning that they have to do and if you can pick and choose their spiritual side of religion, that's mm. great. But the reality is most people bro- can't. Most people can't. Yeah. And even then, even when you do leave, there's so many things that you have to unlearn because yeah. from a young age you're like oh, indoctrinated. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe yeah. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, I I I guess I I taught in a Catholic school. Um I worked in a Catholic school for about two or three years, and that was the hardest, as a non-religious person, having to teach religion to my children um, that I was working with was one of the hardest things I had to do because I didn't believe in that faith. But also, so what I, I try to get around it by talking about it as values and morals, not about the specific deity or a specific God. I just went why do we do this or why is this message important or why is this story important so it's more about the story than it is about the yeah. religion itself but oh, it would have, oh, it would have been so much easier if we read religious books as we do mythical books and then we're like ah Camp. this happened oh this prophet killed yeah. this haha what a well joke. that's that's a kind of like the dreaming so in australia dream time is kind of that kind of vibe is like a collection of stories that um, have more values and morals based and they're kind of like fairy tales it's like oh the kangaroo couldn't drink water why couldn't he drink water M- moral dilemma something happens yeah blah blah blah, blah solve it yeah and I, and I and I feel like you know when people go like oh but like it teaches you morals and values and like religion and I'm like yeah. okay cool but is it exclusive to religion yeah can N- obviously secular, not yeah. can secularism teach you the same thing yeah with the reason being instead of God is going to punish you but because it's not good for the other human being when you steal exactly right so if we if the world would be such a better place if we just kept people's well-being before mm-hmm. deities and religion yeah. and um religious beliefs in saying that i do love greek mythology that is maybe yeah. may, maybe there's so like all, all of this conversation about this religion and like organized religion, like I do. Consciously, you're like in my head. I'm like, but I do I love the gods and goddesses of like Greek and Egyptian and Roman mythology, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I don't see that as a. I don't see that as because that's mythology, and I guess that's a little bit different to anyway. I mean, anyway. this could be as well if people didn't actually practice it so dearly. Yeah, I mean, if it was just left behind, it's like, oh, this happened. It's history. Let's move on. Yeah. It would have been great. Yeah. Um, it's why I am so passionate about, like, a lot of people would come at me and they're like, oh, but, like, you're anti-Muslim. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not. Calling yeah. out on your behavior or your belief does yeah. not mean I don't like you as a person. Oh, 100%. You can, you can have those beliefs because you were raised with it. Yeah. Right? So I come from a family. I didn't know what homosexuality was at all. Yeah. Until like when I moved to Malaysia, and I'm like, there's a gay. Oh, person. what does it get? Yeah. And I'm like, so he likes men. Does that bother me? Am I turned on by it? Like, yeah. does it, it does it disgust me? And I'm like, it doesn't appease me. Yeah. Doesn't disgust me. Don't don't hate the person. Exactly. Don't have anything against loving him. Mm. I'm like, okay, I'm cool with it. I didn't even know that religion was so harsh on it. Yeah. And that's why that was actually one of the, the reasons yeah. that I left. It's uh, that kind of stuff. It just, and that's one of the reasons why I don't really practice any major religion. Is it's it's just because there is so much 
hatred in most of the organized religions and they yeah we should uh, anyway it's it's I, all nonsense i feel, I feel like Ooh. people are better than religion oh 100 like, yeah. individuals individuals who oh, are religious so great better than other. yeah i mean i have groups my, my brother my brother was um a few years ago he was homophobic because he did not understand he doesn't yeah he did not understand. it's fear of it's fear of the unknown so the amount of people that are like um, Islamophobes or like people who are like, oh, Muslims are terrorists. I'm like, have you met a Muslim? Do you know who they are? No. Well, then shut up. Like, yeah. you so obviously. I, like, I actually have a problem with the word Islamophobe and Islamophobia. Ooh, tell me. So here's where here's what I see it. Yeah, go. Right, Islamophobia contains anti-Muslim bigotry mm-hmm. and the criticism as of Islam as a negative connotation. Yeah. I think it should be separated from anti-Muslim bigotry and Islamophobia shouldn't exist because it's the only religion that has that name that is shielding Islam from criticism. Right. You can ridicule a religion, you can ridicule a God, you can insult it, yeah. you can criticize it, mm-hmm. you can give it constructive criticism, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can agree with it, you can disagree with it, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Any idea, be it communism, capitalism, yeah. religion, Christian, and what, whatever Everything religion should. should be up for criticism. Yeah. I, agree. I feel like Islamophobia is convoluted with the anti-Muslim bigotry. So once we separate the two, mm. I think we're just move. We're progressing because we're like, I can hate your ideology. Mm-hmm. I can absolutely hate the fact that your religion wants a person like me dead only because I don't believe. Do, yeah. But I don't hate you. Yeah. And that means that if you believe that. Mm-hmm. You're welcome to believe that, but if you try killing me or if you impose it on me, <laughs> yeah, I'm then like, everything's going to hit the fan. We're yeah. going to have a problem. But yeah. I can understand that you're apprehensive and offended that I've left your religion. Mm-hmm. Don't impose those feelings on me. Camp. At the same time, like I, w- I have Muslim co-workers, and sometimes there's a we live in London. We live in a like, multicultural city. So, but but like the truth is, sometimes they're just a bit like, why did you leave? And I'm like, I don't ask you why you stayed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could do that, and you'd be offended if yeah. I put up the point. Yeah, I I left because it was my choice to leave I decided to leave yeah. what's like and it's also end of story I studied it because yeah. I read it because I was so curious I actually yeah. for the first two weeks of me identifying as like I don't believe in this anymore and yeah like I stopped praying when I was 14 mm-hmm. but I left it I left the religion when I was like about 22 23 I yeah. can't remember but like it was because I put up a post supporting gay marriage. Yeah. And, and then everyone like... And everybody was like, hey, they're like, how could you support it? And I'm like, I will defend their right. Yeah. I don't care what your religion says. Yeah. You're not allowed to like be mean yeah. to them. You're love not is love. Love is I was, love. I was just like, and I was like, you don't have to approve it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to accept it. Yeah. The least you can do is tolerate. They're like, no, you're a sinner. Yeah. And you are a sinner. So well, why don't you just leave Islam? And I'm like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And at that point, I was like a liberal Muslim. And then I read my book. Like, I was, like, reading the Quran, and I'm like, where does it say that you can disagree with people in religion and still love them? Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't exist. And for two weeks, I cried, and I'm like, I've been lied to my entire life. I was told this was peaceful, (laughs) but it clearly isn't. I was told I was lucky to be a Muslim, but I'm clearly not because I was born with... What, with having an irrational hate and I grew out of it because I actually studied and learned and lived yeah. and understood and was willing to you know be challenged so many people aren't so many and people haven't I, been given an opportunity and that's the most important thing I think regardless of religion and regardless of um, the Muslim faith is um, education and um, being open to new ideas and experiences mm-hmm. I got into my own um 
uh, uh, inst- in- internet dramas this week, and some of them I maybe caused myself. Some of them maybe uh, weren't affected by me, but or connected to me. But like they happened, and it's about listening to the comments that are being given and go, you know what? Did I do the right thing? Did I do the wrong thing? Am I in the right? Am I in the wrong? Like educating yourself learning it's evolving if you're in the same position the entire time you're not growing exactly and the thing is that a lot of these books a lot of atheist books Mm -hmm. are banned in saudi arabia they don't come in you're not allowed to buy them through kindle Mm. i mean my baby sister knows i'm an atheist yeah and i really want to recommend richard dawkins book yeah yeah. no richard dawkins is amazing and i was like i really want to recommend it to her because it's for like teenagers yeah yeah um and it's an easy read Mm mm-hmm but I feel like if I do that, that's going to upset my parents. Yeah. That's how scared they are of her reading. Whether well, you're, in, you're, in, you're indoctrinating her. In, or into, like I am imposing. But I'm like, all I'm yeah. asking is for her to read a book. Yeah. Why doesn't she read? Like, I, yeah. I can't do that because I don't want to lose that relationship. It's a, it's a tricky one. Yeah. Fa- family is tricky, especially Absolutely. when... So like my family, similar vibe in terms of um, not homophobia, but like they, they just don't understand queer culture. And yeah. that's fine. But... So that's me having to recognize that I can't share everything with them. I yeah. I can share things with them, but I can't go full full on crazy with them. Yeah, um, it is it is kind of sad that we have to go yeah. through that. And I'm like, if only we were like I'm like I accept you for the beliefs you have. Yeah, but because mine are unpopular, yeah, you're having trouble. Like there's there's a there you're tolerating it. Yeah, I, I would have loved to have a chat with you. Yeah, and even disagreed. Yeah. But the thing is that you're not okay with us being challenged. Like, you're not okay with you being challenged. Yeah. Because you take it as an offence. Exactly. And I think that's a generation thing. That's also like... Maybe it's a generation. Us. Maybe there's just, just some people in the world that are just into that. Some people yeah, just don't like to be challenged. Unwilling yeah. to learn. And with that, let's go on a break and we'll be back and we will do recommendations and we'll do some more news and talk about you some more. Yeah. And we're back, 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 back again, driving you home at the radio show podcast where we just waffle absolute queer nonsense. And this week, we only have Zara Kay in the studio. Yay! Yay! And we have been going on a a religious journey, and we have been going hard into yeah, like it was, wasn't okay. wasn't planned. But really? I, oh, well, I mean, I <laughs> you were like, I am ready to go. Um, I was no, like, you wake me up at three a.m. to do this. I'm in. <laughs> I will do this. I will do this right now. Um, so uh, before we go on to recommendations, which is something ev- twos of Uber drivers that listen to the show know and love, um, we were talking about activism or we are talking about um, fighting the good fight in terms of um, people leaving the Muslim religion or Islamic religion um, and maybe not being in a safe space. And you were saying that there are some organizations or some groups that if... God forbid, oh, <laughs> see what I did there. If forbid, uh, Freudian slip, if someone feels unsafe or unwelcome, what are the places that you think for yourself personally do you think are good places for them to go? Okay, so it depends on what country and what mm-hmm. region you're from. So yep. if you're from North America, ex-Muslims of North America is really good, so ex-MNA. Mm-hmm. If you're from the UK mm-hmm. or 
France, um, Google, um, Council of Ex-Muslim Britain. And Council of Ex-Muslim Britain. Yeah, and yep. France have their own ex-Muslims um, in France. And then we have some for the Middle East. But basically, start off with the Reddit um, subreddit, um, r slash ex-Muslim. And then ask... When you say ex-Muslim, is it ex-Muslim? Yeah, okay, ex-Muslim. Cool. Wonderful. Um camp and then also if people want to slide into your dms or message you on like instagram or twitter or facebook yeah so at zara k z a r a space k a y facebook twitter instagram yeah that's pretty much it camp excellent or my charity what you have a a a charity why didn't you open with this i have a charity that supports ex-muslim and muslim women from honor-based abuse backgrounds I, I, I What's the name of the charity? Faithless Hijabi. Okay, it's Faithless Hijabi. Yeah, it's the name's meant to be catchy. <laughs> it's also meant to help people understand that not everybody has a choice in wearing the hijab. And mm. You could not have a religion, but you're forced to wear one. Yeah. But also kind of catering to everybody else who has worn it mm-hmm. and have been faithless or are faithless now, don't wear it. Wow. But yeah. That's um, camp. Yeah, so if you're an ex-Muslim woman or a curious Muslim woman, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Faithless Hijabi. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes! I'm so so 100% for that. Uh, Speaking of things that I'm for, let's slide into recommendations. Things that we are currently binging or loving or enjoying in this sphere, in this moment. Zara, what is something that you want to recommend to all seven Uber drivers that are currently listening. <laughs> um, I would recommend the book Enlightenment Now by Stephen Pinker. Okay. It's, it's a great book talking about reason, rationality. It's a hard read, but really good book. What, uh, g- give us a quick synopsis while I quickly Google Enlightenment Now. Um, it's, synop- it basically talks about secularism and secular morals. And how um, people put a deity above humanism and what humanism actually is and what humanist values are. So basically morals and guidance without religion. I think it's a great book to give you like an introduction to religion and evolution and how we as species um, are not, you know, we're... We get more violent because we're trying to appease God, mm-hmm. but not oh. human values. Yeah, oh, organized religions are terrible when it comes to like starting a yeah. war in the name of God, in the name of Allah, in the name of whoever. Yeah, wars have been fought f- over generations. So, so uh, Enlightenment Now by Stephen Pinker, and you're saying it is sort of tying all these religions together, and it's tying yeah. um, uh, creationism and uh, evolution, yeah. evolutionary. Evolutionism? Evolutionary biology. Thank you. I genuinely went, uh, I know this. I am a native English speaker. I know this word. (laughs) I've got this. You're there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's all tying all that together and sort of going, okay, it's a messy situation. Here it is in one book. You know, try try and understand it. And hopefully in a year I'll be releasing mine. What? Speechless. I want to I want to write everything that we've been doing with Faithless Ajabi and yeah. the girls we get so it will be called Faithless Ajabi camp. Um, I'm really excited for this. Yeah. I'm so like I didn't know there was a charity. I did not know there was a book in press. <laughs> like these are things that like I mean I'm mildly illiterate. I can barely read. Um, but like I am so for this whole situation. It's just being 
giving a voice to the voiceless. Yeah. That is that is a hundred like and this is why we do driving you homo because the on mainstream media is because there are so many queer people out there that are still feeling even in London, they are still feeling like their voices aren't being heard. And so I am trying to provide a platform not just for queer people but for people who are oppressed or people who feel like their voices aren't being heard to give a space yeah. hello radio to say yeah. you know this is what i feel this is my thoughts this is my feelings let's do it yeah. um oh I'm so for i think, I'm so I think for an it. important area for you to focus on whenever you get time would also be mm-hmm. uh lgbt refugees oh Oh, because I trust think, and believe I, I know feel this. like you know when you lump refugees in one group, they're like, "Oh, you're from the same country," and I'm like, "Yeah, but they're gay. They yeah. will be killed by them same people." Yeah, exactly. You don't want them together, and you're not putting their well-being in mind because yeah. you're so focused on like, "But we're helping you." Yeah, like we're oh yeah, oh like, you're all from you're all from wherever. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I I fully get that. Speaking of things that are nonsense. Just looking at the news and looking at different countries in the world, and we're going on a full spectrum of a journey in terms of like the news, the queer news that we've got here. So the first thing um, that I mentioned, uh, that I noticed in the media, in the news today, that I didn't even know, a friend of mine like pointed out to me, and I was like, "They're like, oh, you do- you're talking about this on the show, right?" And I was like, "What? Didn't know this happened." There is the UK's most prolific race rapist. His name is Reynard Singer, and he is uh, Indonesian-born. Um, there we go. Like, let's—I assume he lives in the UK because um, it's all based in the UK, all this stuff. Um, but uh, he has sexually assaulted slash raped over, or has been convicted of over 130 cases in the UK alone to um, men within the UK. He, What he's been doing is he's been, uh, what are they called, like date rape drugs. He's been yeah. giving date rape drugs and just taking advantage of them. And I just, oh, oh, I can't. I can't even get one date. Like, yeah, and I mean, he... <laughs> He's, he, it says that he's been living openly as a gay man, living not far from Manchester's gay village. Mm-hmm. I'm like, was I, I think he was born in Indonesia to a Catholic family. Yeah. And I feel like, you know how we hear a lot of the priests molesting uh, the little boys? That kind of it's stuff. So much repression. And I feel so like much repression. Of, I feel like it's kind of coming out in different ways. And yeah. We tend to abuse. Like, I feel like also like the... Uh, abused becomes the abuser mm-hmm. as well. And that's oh, yeah. not an excuse, but it's something to like also analyze. Yeah. Like, what ideas are we embedding in when we are abusing other people? Yeah. No, I 100% agree. Like, and that's where like, that's the thing that they say when people bully you at school and they go, oh, you know, they must have a terrible home life. And it's like, well, so let's do something about it. Like this child is bu- bullying me at school. I'm getting picked on because this person is being picked on at home. Like, Oh, this kind of stuff. I, so you, you. I mean, it would be really interesting to to research more about. Uh, he was born in Jambi to an affluent businessman family um, of uh, Batak origin, and he is from North Sumatra, which is Indonesia. Um, yeah, so it's it's just, and you're you've hit the nail on the head in terms of like. 
conservative Catholicism and conservative religion and like and just going oh like like these he's probably been hurt himself as a child yeah, and he's inflicted this pain and, onto and others thinking know, it's normal the fact that he feels the need to rape somebody yeah. and date drug them I feel like that some of the maybe he's probably he was ashamed of being who he was because mm-hmm. where he's from yeah and and Indonesia is a Muslim majority country is it a Muslim because it's it's I, I want to say it's halfway between Muslim Catholicism and Buddhism I think it's mostly mostly Muslim yeah but there's pockets like Indonesia is so a weird country when it comes to that kind of stuff the isn't it state of I think it's Aka or A-C-E-H mm-hmm. practices Sharia law so that's where right. all the floggings happen yeah other states don't but it is still labeled as a Muslim majority yeah country. Is it, that's an interesting one because um, I, I know a little bit about Indonesia I should research more about Indonesia speaking of things that we should research more about civil rights there is a successful human by the name of Bayard Rustin in in America. He um, was very underplayed within the um, black, what's it called, um, uh, rights movement, the African-American rights movement in the 1950s and 60s and 70s. Um, so Bayard Rustin was essentially Martin Luther King Jr.'s right-hand man. He was that person who was like his sort of uh, se- lieutenant or second in, tr- in second in command. He was that person that would pick up the fight and just go with it. But he happened to be a gay man. Now, being <laughs> uh, a black man already at that time in history was already strike one. Being a gay black man was, again, another strike because not only was he vilified by, let's say, mainstream society at that time, uh, but also he was vilified by the people that he was trying to protect and trying to raise up. So there are people in the African-American community at that time that were trying to bring him down and going, no, we can't have a gay person at the helm because if we that's going to devalue our sort of... Uh, our message to the and it's like well if we can get him and we can get this person to have rights and respect then it should be easy for everyone else should be i mean it's it's one of those things where they also think homosexuality can be proselytized oh that's oh you said a big word what is that proselytized yeah so it's like preaching oh camp (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I, I was like, I think I know this word, but like, I want to like make sure everyone knows. So yeah. it, it is, it is quite funny, and it does show the lack of science, mm. the, the knowledge of science that people have, and how ignorant they can be. Oh, so it, it is, it is really funny that people, are like, but they're gonna make our kids gay. We shouldn't show them magazines of gay, and I'm like, that's not how it works. Yeah. People are either for it or they're not, or they're in between, like. Why do you care? Well, this 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 slides perfectly into the fact that there's a anti-gay senator in America that wants to cut the PBS funding for Sesame Street. So Sesame Street is funded by PBS and yeah. like community and all that kind of nonsense. Um, but they had Billy Porter. Billy Porter is a very out, proud queer person of color. Yeah. He dresses however he wants to dress. Yeah. Sometimes it is he. I guess he. We would fall under the category of non-binary 
in that he wears dresses sometimes, yeah. he wears suits sometimes, he wears skirts, he wears whatever he feels comfortable in yeah. in the day. And so he went, he has a very famous uh, award ceremony dress where he's got a black dress, the bottom is a dress, yeah, huge dress, yeah, and yeah. then a tuxedo this at the top. This is very recent, Yeah, isn't it? Like, within the last year, like last yeah, six yeah. months. So he, he has that. And so he went on Sesame Street, I believe, wearing this, outfit with all the Sesame Street characters and uh, some conservative senator went, no, we should cut the funding. And it's going back to exactly what you just said. Um, just because he is not even trying to promote queer values. He's just a dude in a dress. That's it. That's it. It just shows like it's at this point, you're not just like being anti-gay. You're just being anti-human. Yeah. Like, just being a horrible it person. It doesn't bother you what other people wear. Oh, no. It doesn't no. bother you oh, what no. two consenting adults do in their room. But then also, Why but even, but care? like, even like when people are like, oh, no, he's wearing a dress. Man, that's gross. And I'm like, the amount of Muslim folk that wear those like long oh, robe yeah. things, yeah. same in uh, Christianity and same in, um, in Buddhism, yeah. uh, not so much in Judaism, but like there are multiple religions where men wear robes or cloaks yeah. or apparently that's you know. culture that's you fine can't, that's can't fine criticize that because that's culture how dare you <laughs> exactly oh my god speaking of culture that gags me and i love the fact that you're from tanzania yes. because i have a tanzanian based news story i'm not gonna love this that <laughs> will get your life you will enjoy it so much because tanzania your home country where you're from among other multiple beautiful places, <laughs> uh, Tanzania bans lube because it promotes homosexuality. Oh my god, the yeah. dumbest people ever. Yeah. So, so, oh no, there's some lube over there. Yeah. No, we can't have that because gays. It's it's crazy. <laughs> do, you, do you know what they did in Kenya? So Tanzania and Kenya are quite close by. Right. My mum's Kenyan, my dad's Tanzanian. Cap, great. Um, so in Kenya, there were these two lions having sex. They were both male. And they're like, oh, it's because they see people. Or it's because they see people. And they're like, or we need to keep them away from each other so that people don't see them. And then... <sighs> Get like get ideas, ideas get ideas like, from the lions. Oh my god! Simba yeah. and Nala are done. It's yeah. it's now like yeah. Mufasa and Simba. No, uh, oh, anyway. Mufasa and Simba. Where? Yeah, I was like, oh, there's going on an incest journey there. But like, two other male yeah. lions. Yeah. I mean, oh. it's 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 crazy. They have. Well, Timon and Pumbaa. Timon and Pumbaa are clearly a couple. I mean, they're a very uncomfortable couple, bless them. But, like, they are definitely, like, they're on that journey. I don't know how that would logistically work. Well, oh, one would assume, oh, that is, that is a tricky situation. Yeah. Inter-animal copulation. Mm. Uh What what would they produce? (gasps) An abomination not too dissimilar (laughs) to me, I would think. (laughs) Something tall, but something round. Um, Yeah, no, so, uh, uh... Tanzania, I can't... Yeah, no, well, actually, um, I think, like, this is where the foreign countries can step in and mm. cut off the foreign aid because Tanzania is the second oh, largest yeah. foreign aid receiving yeah. country, which makes me sad, but this is the pressure they need from external countries mm. because they were going to do the same thing. There was a minister that, that was... I don't know who it was. It was a... It was a general there i don't know police general who went yeah. like we need to hunt down the gay people like social media social media activists including myself yeah and i've already got death threats from tanzania so i can never go back 
Well, that um, sucks. Yeah, well, yeah, I have to be really careful if I do. Yeah. But like, at the same time, like, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to find them on social media, their friends, their family, mm. any L- LGBT activist, including myself. They're like, we need to hunt them, jail them for 30 years. <sighs> if you're an activist, it'll be 10 years. But if you're gay, it's 30 years. Yay. Fight I get 30 years. Yeah, and and you're like, and it's not even a Muslim majority country. They're Christian. Their yeah. rules are divided from Christianity. And I'm yeah. like, wake up. Oh yeah. my god. I just I can't with all of this nonsense. It just yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um that's oh my god, that's the end of driving you homo. Oh, for, I know. for today. For today. Oh, yeah. There's going to be more shows next week. And you are definitely coming back in, one, when Sam Lake is in, but yes. two, when you've got your book all sorted out and, like, Ooh. we can, like, feel that juicy stuff. And if you have anything that you that you feel strongly about and you, like, slide into my DMs and we will, yes. we will um, get you involved. But I... Um, I have a lot of time for you. Um, so uh, that was Driving You Homo, the radio show podcast, YouTube extravaganza, where we just waffle absolute queer nonsense. As always, I'm Wayne Carter, and you can follow me at one Wayne Carter, the number one and Wayne Carter. You can also follow the show Driving You Homo at Driving You Homo. You can follow Zara at Zara K Z A R A Z A R A K A Y, and then K in the end because I couldn't get K A Y K. Oh, camp. So Zara, Zara K, Z-A-R-A, K-A-Y-K. Excellent. Um, please like, favorite, rate, subscribe, share this with your friends. And guess what? You don't need to be queer to listen to Driving You Homo. Exactly. But it does help on occasion because we do talk about lots of queer stuff. But um, we like to educate ourselves and have a good camp all the time. Otherwise, um, get your life and bye. Bye.